So, so Simone, we we have to tell the listeners what what happened this week after we finished recording, which is <laughs> you threw out a double entendre at the end, and we all laughed. We thought it was great. We made the show title. It was a great show title. It was a great show title. It was a great show title. And then um, I think I could say this. I think I could. I think this is factual. Um, our network president, who is a cold-hearted uh, rat. Mine curly. <laughs> he said no. All of us into his office, and he's like, "No, you cannot have this title at all, at all." So, yeah, Simone, uh, how it, do you feel it was about incredible. That? Yeah, he brought yeah, out yeah. Uh, the flogging poles, stocks, um, all all sorts of th- things I had never seen. You know, even in my life, yeah. Uh, it was, in, yeah, it, it was really shocking to me, but I, I have been disciplined. I understand yep. now my role as, <laughs> I mean, as host. I don't know. I still think that it was, uh, I still think it was a terrible move and the show is worse off for it. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm a terrible move and I, I should be further punished probably. Yeah. Really I, hard. I definitely agree with that. I would love to be punished really hard. I was going to ask really- you if you could get by the show without doing a double entendres this week, but I see that's not going to happen at all. Oh gosh. No. Well, I I thought thought when you brought up this subject, I thought you were going to talk about the other thing that happened, which was just (laughs) the outpouring of support from you two fans. Right. Telling me (laughs) that I was right. Telling me that they appreciated me standing up for the band, of course, uh, which a a, a victim, the band is the victim here. And and, and, and by outpouring, you mean three emails? Uh, try 3000 christina god <laughs> and that's just you know that's just uh the ones that got through my spam filter of course i'm sure there were many many more many more emails from the youtube fans who love yeah. rocket and yeah. who love me yeah um yeah. thanks guys thanks well, for that at least you have them at least they love you <laughs> so uh, we're how- all in this together yeah go on <laughs> how, how how close do you feel to god's light this week on a scale of one to ten what would you what would i you feel put like that i'm at? deep in god's light okay. i feel like i'm hip deep just wading through it okay yeah definitely yeah definitely very into god's light at this moment so let's talk about the upcoming macbook events <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Rocket <sighs> Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and this episode is sponsored by Agenda Minder and Squarespace. I'm joined tonight, as always, by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren, Senior Writer, Senior, yes, Senior Writer at Gizmodo.com, and the sirens howling outside my window. Nice. Nice. Yeah, just a whole lot going on here. A whole lot of good stuff. <laughs> How are you doing, Christina? I'm good. I'm real good. Um, <laughs> real busy. Uh, was it, it in the middle of like? I still have more work to do, and that doesn't even count the debate. So, uh, oh yeah. Gosh, it's, are you it's watching the busy. debate from work, or are you going to be able to go home? Uh, by then? I'm going to go home. I could watch it here. We're actually uh, at a, here at Gizmodo Media Group, having a, a whole bunch of people over to watch the debate. So outsiders will even be joining the office to watch, and I'm sure that'll be fun and all. Um, but. Uh, I have I have I have other things I've got to do. So, yeah, like, like weep in your husband's arms. Oh, that's what I'm doing. I mean, not my husband or your husband, <laughs> really. But we're having right. a debate party here, and yeah. it's just called "Let's Get Angry Together." Yeah, no, I mean, I'll be watching the debate. I just I think because I need to like multitask, it would yeah. just be like easier for me to do it at home. Yeah, it's hard to do to watch debates and weep at the same time. I find like it, it the is. tears just really get <laughs> I mean, in your eyes. But you know what, you guys, the, the, 
I, what I'm really looking forward to is finding out um, who the Ken Bone of this debate will be and oh. how quickly and how quickly the Internet will decide, as Gizmodo did very early on and very correctly, as it turned out, that that person is bad. Um, because uh, I think these are important things to know. It's very bad. Ken Bone. The Internet destroys all. I think the important thing is that there are only 19 days until the election is over and we Thank can God. be free. Thank God. Uh, so with that in mind, <laughs> let's talk about the upcoming MacBook event yeah. on October yes. 27th. It was announced today. With a, a very. Yeah. With a very. <laughs> Hello again. Hello again. <laughs> the most like it, it reminded me of a 2001 A Space Odyssey. In, in a way, just that the tone of the announcement. It was beautiful. So we are finally getting, or we assume that we will be getting an announcement of new MacBooks to be yes. released for the 2016 holiday season after not having a full refresh since 2012, minus things like adding the um, the new touchpad and things like that. But this one, and the Retina display, but this will be like the full the full refresh. Yeah, it'll be the full refresh. And we refresh. will be refreshed for it. Well, not only it's more it's more than just um needing to have um, you know, an update for, you know, like the look and feel because I think that a lot of people would be ha- would I mean, I think that they're excited about those rumors, but I think they'd be content if it looked identical but just actually had modern hardware. Uh, but that's the whole thing, right? I mean, Brianna, we we we've talked about this on the show before, but like the hardware on these things is pretty old. Like they're it's, still it's using terrible. Aswells. They it's yeah. like Aswells 3 years old. Like it's uh, it's it's kind of um, come on. We need new MacBooks. It's, I'm really it's excited about this. It's not defensible at this point. No, at this I point, mean, it's really hard for me, like as a, a tech writer and as somebody pe- people go to, and they're like, "What computer should I buy? I've got two grand. I need to buy a computer." It's really hard for me as an OS 10 or excuse me Mac OS lover and as a Mac lover to be like, "Oh yeah, you should totally buy a MacBook Pro," because I'm kind of like, "Hmm." You can't. Yeah. It's um, all you should wait. You should wait to buy a MacBook Pro. You should wait. It's just not a good value at this That's point, what I'm just to like, be really honest. And I, I, I think it's been a really bad place for Macs. Like, I, I have the 12-inch MacBook. It's space black. I love it. Um, but it still stutters. It's still slow. It's, sure. it's not a, a MacBook I can recommend for people. Then you've got, you know, the MacBook Air, no retina screen. Um, you can't recommend that. You know, the MacBook Pros, the 13-inch, I guess you could recommend it. But the 15-inch, it's just not worth the money at this point. So, right. And, 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 yeah. and I think even the 13-inch, you know, when you compare, um, you know, just spec to spec up against other people, it's not there. And the thing is, is that you used to always be able to make the argument that even if the Mac was more expensive, if you were to, to compare – you know, dollar for dollar, you know, spec for spec, you would do pretty well to, to get a Mac versus a Windows computer. That's simply not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, the best value right now is probably the MacBook Air. But like you said, it doesn't have the retina display. Um, and, you know, uh, and it's still running, you know, older um, processors, too. So and it's um, a MacBook Air. Right. I mean, I think for a lot Sorry. of people, well, noted but, MacBook Air hater Simone de Rochefort sure, weighs look, in. If, if, if Do you're you doing, really if you're hate doing, that? Wow, I don't hate the Air. I think the Air's fine. Yeah, it's I don't great. particularly like it. Huh? I think I the Air's the fine. Pro. I, I prefer the Pro too, but I think that most people, you know, Retina to screen notwithstanding, the Air is more than enough for the average yeah. person. Yeah. Honestly, that's, yeah, that's that. fair. So one of the things they're uh, talking about is that the new MacBook Pro might be slimmer, pro- will probably be slimmer than be the fit. existing one. Have they ever released I- anything that's not slimmer? Come on. Yeah, yeah, I know. It'll definitely be slimmer. But what I'm wondering is uh, one of my favorite things about the MacBook Pro is just the feeling, the the consistency of it. Like it doesn't level off like the Air does. Right, it's, and, and the MacBook know, 
it's so flat and it's so there's something very satisfyingly solid about it. And I hope that in the the search for thinness in our hardware, we won't lose what makes the MacBook Air or MacBook Pro feel like such a neat little tool. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I have, I'm sure that it'll feel great, but I also feel like you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed because I do feel yeah. I, I do feel pretty confident that it'll probably have the tapered off design just because they have that on the, the Air, obviously, and obviously on the MacBook. I think if you look at the MacBook design, it's obviously not going to be as thin as that, but I think that there are going to be some design cues from that, you know, including you know the way that the bezel is is kind of designed. The keyboard, I think, will will um, obviously. I think that it'll have the same travel as the current keys, but I think that. I, but, but but no 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 the current travel MacBook current. Pro. Oh the, no, the current, current ones. Okay, yeah. yeah the current yeah. MacBook Pro keys. I've taken like my twelve inch MacBook back no, yeah, to no, no, no. Apple three times at this point, right? And it right. still gets stuck. So. Right. So so I think that I think the keys will have the same travel that you have in the current MacBook Pro, but I bet they'll be closer together, like they are on the MacBook with slightly larger keycaps. Yeah, I could go for that. Like, like, I, like I can them. see them doing that because I know they they've already updated. You know, I think I think on some of them anyway. Like the the fonts were updated to, to San Francisco or whatever, but um, not all of them have that. But but I feel like it'll have you know slightly bigger keycaps, um, maybe slightly closer together. Um, who knows? Do you think it's not too late for me to like send a letter saying, "Hey, don't make it tapered"? Yeah, I think it's too late. Yeah, a little too late, Simone. Okay, well, so well all right. Miss yeah. that window. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, oh, maybe sorry, the guys. 2018 MacBook. Yeah, you know, just write it the... sometime in the next Stop five, six years. Tapering. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, what what are you all looking for from this? Because for me, um, and I think we'll get to the kind of new feature stuff. Like we'll we'll hold that for a minute. But like when we're talking about core features, they're going to be in a, a MacBook that aren't revolutionary right? Like there's graphical processors, better battery life. There's the sharper screen technology since the sure. RMBP came out. Like what, what are both of you looking for in this? I honestly, I guess I'm, I'm probably not going to be upgrading this time because I usually go refurbish because I am a cheap, butt. but faster processor for sure. And mm-hmm. I guess just, I want, a machine, you know, that ships with Sierra. I want to see like what that is, you know, in its native environment. Just nice, updated, fancy stuff, you know. I mean, I want I want to see them deliver a MacBook option. Like you have an entire range of choices, right? Like the 12 inch MacBook, for all of its fault, it stutters, it's slow, the keys get stuck, but the battery life on it is freaking it's fantastic, awesome. It's great, and but, it's so light. It's so light. It's great. I love traveling with it. Um, you know, write, I do most of my writing on it, even though I shouldn't. Um, it's, <laughs> so a great, what, it's a what, great writing laptop. It's, it's a great, it's, it's fantastic. But what I want to see them do with the MacBook uh, Pro, the 15-inch, is even if it's not the standard version of it, I want to see them come out with some model of it that says, look, we know who you are. You play games you do graphical stuff, like you're a hardcore user and you're willing to trade battery life for graphical processing. And I want to see them throw a serious, discrete GPU in that, that I can do that just so people have an option there. And that's so you want a, it to literally read, we know who you are, Brianna Wu. <laughs> well, I do. I want there to be an option there because you know, necessarily yeah. graphical power comes at the expense of battery. Right. So with different right. uh, Mac laptops, they make that trade-off. I want them to have some option that doesn't make that trade-off. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? No, it totally yeah. does. Um, yeah. And I hope that, you know, when we're talking about faster processor, I'm hoping that they will be able to, I mean, I'm expecting Skylake, the Intel processor Skylake yep. series, but but I'm, I'm secretly hoping out hold, uh, holding out hope that they might actually be able to get KB Lake 
on it, um, which, which are the, the, the most recent generation of, of, of Intel processors. The mobile ones are out now, so they should be able to use those. Um, it, it comes down to, I guess, supply chain dynamics, if they were able to get them the quantities they needed and, and how long they've been in production and whatnot. There was a time when you could kind of you know count on Apple to follow Intel's lead and even plan their releases around when Intel's chip releases were coming out. But those days haven't really passed. But I, I feel like because we've had to, to suffer with with Haswell MacBook Pros for so many years, um, you know, like genuinely, it's been like like three refresh cycles that we've we've had. You know, Haswells; those things are <laughs> that thing is ancient. I feel like just go, st- simply going to, to Skylake um, will still feel like you're not getting you know as as good of a value or as as, as much bang for your buck as you could. Um, I'm also mm-hmm. really hoping that they address kind of the, the graphics, the mobile graphics situation, whether they go, oh. you know, with Intel or, 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 or um, you know, um, not Intel, sorry, uh, whether they go NVIDIA or NVIDIA, uh, a- yeah. a- AMD, I don't really care, uh, you know, um, I, I, but, but I, I want them to, to really focus on that again, at the very least, if not for, for, for gaming, but, but for people like what you do, Bree, and, and, and for, you know, people who are doing motion work and, and graphics work and, and the, the, the professionals that are, you know, the bread and butter for the MacBook Pro crowd. I really hope that they mm-hmm. um, are addressing graphics in a real way. And Honestly, uh, I'm such a basic Mac user. Like, I I'm, I write. That's literally all I do. I really don't need the MacBook Pro. I really just need the Air or even the MacBook. But, eh. <laughs> you, do, you do a lot like of Final Cut lot. stuff, don't you, Simone? No, I, I do that. Actually, I guess I do that at work on, right now, a 15-inch MacBook. But mostly I use the iMac. So, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I would want the option. I would always want the option. No, totally. To do and that. I just feel yeah. like at this point, you know, people mobile workstations are, are good enough now. You know, they're they're going to um, they need to be able to kind of keep up the pace with that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's really well said, though, Christina. If they just come out with, you know, if they don't push the processor to the next generation, I, I think you're dead on. That it's just not. I, I think it's going to be perceived well, as a real yeah. absence. There's um, no chance that they're not yeah. going to push the processors as far as they can, right? Uh, Since it's no, been so is, long. Because, because, because of how late KB Lake was kind of designed, it depends on how long this has been in the works and what their mm. supply chain can be. There, there is a, there's a significant chance. I would put it about 50-50 if it's KB Lake or Skylake. And, and uh, what I would say is I feel like if they also refresh the iMac, and, and that hasn't been rumored, but I wouldn't be surprised because they've given the iMac, you know, a solid refresh every year. Um, you know, they introduced the 5K iMac two years ago, and they gave it Skylake last year. If they give um, that, um, I could see that that if they're not able to do the laptops, KB Lake, they could at least give the, the iMac that. So that would at least be something. But the only other thing I kind of would think of other than processor and, and, and graphics, I'm really hoping, and I know this is sort of divisive, but I really do hope that they do. I, I'm looking forward to them embracing USB-C. Um, I, I think that that getting you know rid of if, whether the rumor is that they might not have um, any regular full size USB ports, it might all be USB C ports, and that's obviously going to drive people who have a lot of accessories you know through dongle hell. But I do feel like USB C as a technology is significant and is a significant advancement. I really hope that they're pairing that USB C with Thunderbolt three because if they're able to do those two things together i think that for for display technology for using with 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 4K and and greater monitors um that will be tremendous 
Uh, but I also just feel like, you know, USB-C as a standard has really caught on a lot faster than I think um, a lot of people were anticipating. And obviously, you know, it, it's there's all kinds of dongles and accessories available for the MacBook. But if you're talking about having a MacBook Pro, which has a lot more horsepower, more battery, so it can really push that stuff even further. Um, if you've got a number of those ports, that really makes it uh, a lot more extensible uh, mm. and, and, and pretty good. I'm really glad you brought that up because I was thinking through this today because I love USB-C. I love it for my Android phones. I just, I think it's a great technology. And it's so awesome that even with the 12-inch MacBook, um, you know, the the cable, it's not like with a MacBook Pro where it has this giant, weird, huge plug that clunks into the, uh, right. the power brick, right? It's just like this little USB-C, it's a male adapter on both ends. So it's something I was thinking through today, and I didn't have time to really get deep into the specifications there. So I was thinking about the reversibility of it. Yeah. Because Lightning on one end, like it's designed to be reversible. Yes. And from my my understanding of how USB-C works on the pins, I, it seems to me that it would affect the reversibility thing because they're not completely compatible standards there. So if you had it up on one end, those pins would not transfer all the way over. I know they had a long discussion on ATP about this as well. So uh, that's really the main thing I'm kind of wondering about with this, or maybe they'll have a creative yeah, solution to get around solution. that. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't had a problem with with you with reversibility in USB C. I, I, I've been pretty successful with it, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I could see with some. I mean, I, I guess it depends on what sort of adapter you're using. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I just hope that they're they're using Thunderbolt three backed USB C kind of the fusion because I think that that will be good for for you know um, higher power displays. Um, and for external graphics, if, if you do need to do that sort of thing, um, that opens up so much more throughput. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, so, you know, I don't think we've really covered on Rocket. It, it, it increasingly feels that with USB-C catching on as fast as it can, I know it's unreasonable to believe Apple would ever get rid of Lightning, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for USB-C, but they really, I, I was reading about this today, it just, it seems... It does somewhat frustrate me because yeah. it's two two technologies that are, that are practically very the same They're size. Practically the same, yeah. You know, Lightning does have some advantages with the DAC part of it, but I mean, you could do that with USB C too. You I mean, can, you can, you absolutely can, because other phone makers do that. They they have they get rid of their headphone jack and they use USB C instead. Um, so you could you could build that you in. Could, um, you could, you could, but you it's, know, it's another. That's like one of the few things I can think of why I one mean, format might be better than the other. It's like for a honestly, few accessories. Yeah. Honestly, I think that the thing is, you know, Apple likes to have mm-hmm. a proprietary port, and and I yeah. don't ever see them having. I don't see on the phones anyway them ever getting rid of Lightning. Now, would they have a Lightning port built into your MacBook? Now, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. You, we haven't seen that on on their other Macs, but that wouldn't be. I could see that being useful, you know, to have an easy place to you know plug in your Lightning accessories. Um, but by the same token, I think that the, the USB C to Lightning cable, which they make and they sell, yep. you know, works just as well. Um, I think that. But you're right. It, it does become a little frustrating when you have two cables that look so similar and that do basically the same thing. And you, part of you, part of I'm, I'm not kind of with you. Part of me gets kind of wish, oh, you know, they they would have embraced this first. And and who knows? I think that if when they came out with Lightning and Lightning is it came out with what the iPhone five, so Lightning's mm-hmm. you know like four years old. If they'd come out with Lightning, um, when. If rather if USB C had been available when Lightning was in development, you know, like. I think it's possible they might have gone USB-C. But I think that, that in absence of that, they had to create their own, you know, standard and and create uh, their their own port. And and I think that it's probably fair to say that 
you know, I'm sure I don't know if the IEEE would ever agree to this, but I bet that they looked at Lightning when they were doing the final specifications for USB-C and said, yeah, you know, this idea of a reversible port makes a lot of sense. Having this smaller size makes a lot of sense. Um, what I do expect to see at some point, and, and we haven't seen this quite yet, although it's gotten closer with, I think, the the 12-inch uh, MacBook Pro, uh, iPad Pro, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the future the port that powered Lightning was actually USB-C. Yeah, mm. that would be pretty cool. I would like that. Yeah, to be into so, that. I, we got to talk about the e-ink keys because this is this is one of these technologies. I mean, Simone, when well, that's you, not coming until 2018, it, it's not. And they're talking about the LED thing for yes. now. And I'm still really a fee on that. And it's you know when I heard the you rumor, mean the LED like the top the LED top bar yeah. that we've been talking about the reconfigures and part of it is like power consumption, but the e-ink for that like when they we were talking about that rumor for you know next year's MacBooks, I saw it and I was like, that is something that makes so much sense even though there's another failure point in the you know in the pipeline there you know it's it doesn't drain much battery these e-ink screens it does Mm -hmm. like kind of freeze in a certain state and as far as just being translucent enough for a little light to go through i mean the the engineer part of my brain is like oh that's really cool but it's another fail point but at the same point, like I, it makes me wonder about like you know internationalizing different keyboards mm-hmm. and just this entire world of possibilities. So it makes me wonder because that seems like such a good solution. Do you think that when this event happens, we're going to see that LED bar that we've heard rumors about? Yeah, I, I think do. we'll see the bar at this event. I don't think we'll see anything about the the this rumored e ink keyboard yeah. for a while <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, that, the, that that's too new. Um, the idea of it just delights me. It like it seems visually like very chaotic and kind of mm-hmm. cheesy, but the idea of just like being able to on my computer rather than my phone so perfectly like having it dynamically respond and like offer emojis and things yes. like that that is just thrilling to me in a cyber geek futuristic <laughs> oh, totally. cyberpunk way like picture yourself hacking away and not only that your smileys but not only that I mean think about anybody who does any sort of you know work in in multiple languages I mean oh, I yeah. granted, granted that's a small subset I'm sure of the user base but I mean right now how it works if you know you, you buy a computer and say Germany, it has a German keyboard, and you can obviously configure it to have a U.S. layout. And same, you can have you can configure your U.S. keyboard layout, you know, to be Japanese or Chinese or whatever. But how great would it be if it could just dynamically update based on what? Well, yeah, profile like imagine you have. my dad messages me in French, and I open up the message to respond, and my keyboard switches to like a French keyboard or something. Totally. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. And and and, so and it would make fact- more sense if like my dad was messaging me in Korean because you can still type. No, but, but, but French but, but, words on an English keyboard. Anyway, sure. go on. Well, of course, but, but but just in those cases, just having that that dynamically update. And but I think the emoji thing is a huge one. I know for me, selfishly, I was like that would be the greatest thing because I, I always hit the shortcut, you know, in the apps that support it. But to be able to have it there system wide would just be mm-hmm. really cool. And um, yeah, I I, th- I think that um, that the company that apparently they're working with, uh, a Sonder Design. They are based out of Australia, and Foxconn is one of their uh, suppliers. They're actually selling a third-party keyboard, an external keyboard that'll that'll it's available for pre-order. So that oh. tech, even though it's not, so it's two hundred bucks, which I think is a lot for a keyboard, but it looks super cool. That's supposed to be shipping by the end of the year. So um, you know, you you'll even if uh, the new MacBooks are not going to have those uh, the e-ink stuff, um, you can 
pretty soon it looks like get a get a look at what you know the 2018 models might have. Uh, but in the interim, I do think that 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 bar at the top, that touchscreen bar, you know, replacing the function row, um, that that dynamic change, I think that's that's cool. Um, Mm-hmm. I, Have I, we I, seen hardware leaks about that? Is that pretty no. much an assured at this point? Because we it, saw it, the keyboard with the hole in it, right? At the top, but it, I haven't. We seen, haven't seen yeah. any hardware leaks, but it's been rumored by Mark Gurman, by yeah. uh, Makatera, okay. by Ming Chai. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Like. All the big people have have um, uh, uh, the guy who used to be at the Wall Street Journal, who's now at the New York Times. Like it's been it's been reported um, by enough places that I feel like it's pretty guaranteed. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know. All right. It's yeah. It's just um. Well, I was going to say about that. It's just uh, I I just I'm still not sold on the functionality, and you know how it is in an Apple event. Like you see it, they totally. present their vision for it, they lock it with their software. It's just, I I don't know. I think about, like, you're asking all the Mac uh, app developers to go through if they're using those function keys and kind of update it. Um, you know, Apple, we haven't covered it on the show, but Apple's had um, some interesting developments lately with Mac app developers. So I don't know. It's... Um, I, I'm not sold on the utility of it if it does come out, but I'm glad that we're starting to think about the keyboard in a way to modernize it because totally. it's a really, it's so antiquated. It's the toilet it's paper ridiculous. of computers. <laughs> it's so funny. It like is, when, we, yeah. when we talk about the LED bar, I'm like, eh. And when we talk about the whole e-ink keyboard, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> this middle ground thing is just like not thrilling me. But, you know, it, like you said, they'll present their vision and I'll probably cry and it'll be interesting. One more thing before we move on. So I use, I still to this day use an iPod Nano a ton. I use it all the time. So um, my iPod Nano got smashed into a thousand pieces no. uh, this week. And I had to go buy one right before they announced this event. Do you think there's any possibility no. they're going to update? Because I don't either. No. But it's, <laughs> I know it's just the hope of it because it's so old and the Bluetooth so standards old. are bad. No. Oh, I know. And, it doesn't oh. work with the, the DRM, Apple Music no, it stuff. Doesn't. Um, it's, oh, it's you terrible. know, like neither, you know, it's, it's funny. Last year when they, I guess they updated the iPod Touch um, and that was the first time the iPod Touch had been updated in a while. But they sent me also, in addition to the Touch, they sent me a Nano. And they sent me a, uh, a Shuffle. And <laughs> uh, it was very weird. It was like this – it was it was literally like going back back to the past because of both <laughs> of those. Or they're like, all right, get someone go to the stock room and give Christina Warren some goodies. Ah, well, they still sell them. all the old iPods. <laughs> okay, but, but, but let me ask you. The Nano – the Nano it still uses the 30-pin connector, doesn't it? No, no, no. They updated it to Lightning oh, uh, okay. since the the square one. But well, that's a I blessing. Tell you, you go into it; it's got ancient Bluetooth. All the icons are still designed with the pre iOS seven oh, yeah, iconography. It's, it's so it's got those gray screens. It says like this accessory not supported. I mean, it is terrible. It's got a radio built in. It's not compatible with half the videos I want to put on it just to see if they'll even work because the standards are so old. Like they should not be charging $150. Oh, I know it's this. ridiculous. So, I got one for my dad for uh, oh. for for Christmas or something a while ago. It was actually funny. It was when they redesigned it to the touchscreen and uh, the, the, I guess the same model they have now. And what had happened is I guess they'd had the previous model, the one that like looked like the square, like the little watch. And I bought one for him for Father's Day, and I lost it. And then, <gasps> and then for for Christmas, because I hadn't seen him, I like 
was at the airport. And I was like, oh, I need to get him a Nano. So I like bought one from one of the vending machines. And I think he still has it. And then like months later, I found the old Nano. It's really funny. If, you, if I go really? to my apartment, I have oh. so many old Nanos. That's you're hilarious. Right. But, but, the, but, the Nano graveyard. I totally. called you, Christina. I'd deal with a 30-pin connector. I love that iPod. Uh, no, that Nano iPod's sixth great. Sixth generation. That oh, was yeah, a fantastic no, it's, it's one. Great. My, my favorite Nano was actually was the, the tall, skinny one that didn't have the video – that didn't play back video. I think it was the one from like 2006, 2007. I, I love that I had Nano. that one. That was fantastic. I love the, no. the one that was metal and, and tiny and just, it was great. Yes, it was very slim. Oh, that was a good one. No, Fat right, Nano, should... Fat Nano all the way. Oh, the had Fat that great... Nano. Fat <gasps> Nano. I no, love that. Fat Nano. Love Even that. though it was actually thin, it's just everybody called it fat because right. they, 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 you know, it had gone from candy bar to like this like square shape and everybody was like, what the heck? <laughs> it has this great music feature in it. It's called Music Quiz, which to me is the greatest game ever made because like you dump all your music on it, it'll play, it'll be like, what year did this song come out? And it's just doing that for all of your music. It's so much fun. Yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your own landing page, website, or online store today at squarespace.com and enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off that first purchase. I myself recently built a Squarespace website and I immediately fell into like a black hole of just wanting to work on my website all the time. It did not take that long, actually, just because like their tools are fun to use and they're fun to play around with. And that's where I, that's where I got into trouble. Cause I was just like, I can make so many beautiful websites. What if I just make beautiful websites forever? What if I quit my day job and make beautiful Squarespace websites? It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I came out of it with a good looking, wonderful website. So you too can have that fantastic experience. If you want to just like use one of their beautiful, simple, clean templates. You can do that. And they ha- they're they really cool. They come loaded with like all these suggestions. A lot of the we- the template websites are about vegetables, I noticed. That's one of the ones that I use. I'm like, this is good. I, I would love to like sell organic vegetables, but instead I'm selling books. So, you know, they kind of show you what you could do with the tools that they offer you. And then you can just drag and drop and like delete modules if you want to put your own new ones in make it look however you want it so it's really cool it's really easy to use and boom you launch that website you publish that website you can do you can build basically the whole website with the free trial and then you will want to put it out into the world because you will be so proud of it that's how squarespace works that's how they get you by making you build a good website that you'll love Darn you, Squarespace. (laughs) (laughs) So if you get stuck along the way, uh, they have 24-7 support with live chat and email to help you out. Um, I myself use that for the Google ad tools. um, And now I show up in the Google search and I'm very happy. And then recently I imported, so I have like a news uh, feed, uh, not a news feed, but like a blog, but I'm using it just for news on my website imported that into Goodreads so it shows up on my Goodreads page as a blog. Super, super easy to do. Great and wonderful. I really liked it. So if you want to check out what you too can build with a Squarespace website, go to squarespace.com and start tweaking stuff. Start having fun with it. If you know any coding, you can use your, your super, super elite skills to code the crap out of that website. And if you don't know any code like me, you still come out of it with something that you can be proud of. So squarespace.com plans start at just $12 a month. Do it. Go to squarespace.com, use offer code ROCKET, and get 10% off your first purchase. 
Show your support for Rocket and Relay FM. Don't listen to my terrible fake accent. Listen to the content of my words. Squarespace.com. <laughs> that accent is truly terrible. Is it really? I it thought is. it was just perfect. I thought it was just really great. No, just it, all around really good. Speak in French. Like, no. Please, it's so good that your French your French accent is fantastic. It's really yeah. bad. No, it's, it's really, not. Your French accent bad, Christina. That's the secret. Speak all in of French. My accents are bad. Say, 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 say go to Squarespace in, in, in French. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Allez à squarespace.com.com. Quoi? I was convinced. I. It seems genuine to me. Say offer Merci. code rocket in French. Come on, that's the last thing I want from you. Rocket. Le code rocket at squarespace.com. See? No. So good. No. How can no, how can that be better than my fake British accent, which is not even no, British? It's definitely better. It's Simone. definitely better because yeah, like yeah, you it, it yeah. yeah. Just it, it is. <laughs> We're just, okay, if if you want to agree that they're not all bad, I I will just never speak to you again. But first, Aww. tell us about um, Twitter's <laughs> sad failed effort to be sold to Disney womp, womp. or and anyone else. <laughs> Can I tell a quick story about this? So, <laughs> I had literally I was on Twitter and I literally just reported like a series of rape threats that I'd gotten, and then. Like I go over to my news and I read that Disney is looking at buying Twitter. At the same point, it just illustrated this story so beautifully, like oh. how they're the least compatible brands in history. Like, You're like, I oh see where God. this is going, and yeah, then this isn't going to work out. Yeah, this isn't. So uh, Bloomberg reported this weekend that uh, Salesforce, Disney, and Alphabet are all unlikely. <laughs> To buy Twitter, um, so that yeah, it turns out that the the tone and reputation that Twitter has is a genuine problem for selling that company. <laughs> what do, you, do y'all have any anything to add to this? It, it seems it's kind. Of, I mean, we we come back to Twitter again and again. Usually, sometimes when they do something right, sometimes when they do something wrong. Um, it's actually it is to me one of the most interesting companies that we talk about, just because. It's always such a, a dumpster fire, no matter what's happening. There's always something going on. And it's something well, that we I, use every I tweeted, day. So, okay, I tweeted a story this week. It was uh, linked to a lot of the by the venture capital community looking at Twitter. And guys, I am astonished by how fast Twitter's burn rate is yeah. with money. It it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean you know, app.net, Christina, that's where we met. And yes. I remember Dalton and Berg talking about how ridiculously cheap it was for them to keep it, like, all the servers going because their costs were so low. So, you know, Twitter's burn rate of money is just so sky high. Right. I am literally at a loss of what they could possibly be spending money on. Because, like, uh, well, okay, $800 million on R&D. I kind of don't understand why if you're spending that much on like, well, you can't come up with anti-harassment tools, but Agreed. like, 
you know, there's that in like there, the, the personnel part. I don't know how many, I don't have a sense for that. Well, they have so many employees, you know, and they, in, in, you know, offices uh, in a lot of places, engineers, salespeople, um, communications people, you know, um, they video people, uh, they've got different product people. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big company. And I think that they have been trying to kind of, you know, usually when you're chasing growth, which is what they've been doing for the last few years because their growth has been stalled for the last few years, usually the way you kickstart that is by spending more money. That hasn't worked for them. And I think that that's a, a valid thing that their investors and frankly, their their board members should should be asking and questions they should be asking. Jack Dorsey, you know, he came in when he took over after, you know, Dick Costello was ousted and, and Dorsey came back. You know, he had these great grand product plans that haven't really panned out, you know, moments really hasn't taken off the way people thought that it would. Um, it, there was an article in Bloomberg that basically gave all the credit for the NFL deal, which I think everybody agrees is actually a really good one because they got it for very little amount of money, you know, the, doing this NFL stuff. That was actually the the um, deal of, of their CFO, not of hmm. uh, wow. Dorsey, you know, and in fact, the, the Bloomberg article kind of made it seem like the CFO was making more and more decisions. And the Dorsey's kind of reign of of being the 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 guy with the grand plan was uh, was no longer really accurate. That that his influence uh, maybe wane is the wrong word, but he certainly isn't just the only one in charge. But I mean, I, I I can understand how they're spending so much money. I think that they haven't had. I mean, they've had some smaller layoffs, but they haven't had the broad numbers of layoffs that you typically see when companies are trying to kind of par down. And I think that's because they still are hoping for some sort of miracle. Either, yeah. you know, investors give them more time or, or they find an, an acquirer who's willing to take over. I, I guarantee you this, though, you know, obviously Disney's out. Salesforce is out. Google claims that they're going to be out. I think if it gets cheap enough, Google might just buy them anyway. But anybody who buys them, I, I do think the layoffs would be the first thing they would do, unfortunately. Yeah, I think yeah, they I have you to know, agree with them. You know, yeah. because, because when you're you, you mentioned eight hundred million on R on R and D spend, I mean, you can understand, especially with video stuff and and what they've invested in live video and and how they think that is their future, how that could get expensive, and you could see with some of their other you know uh, kind of AI stuff, you know, predictive stuff, I could see how that could get expensive. But at the same time, I mean, like if you're not bringing in the money and if your ad products aren't working the right way and if your growth isn't happening, then maybe you have to scale back your ambitions. Maybe you have to scale back your company. And yeah, the, the focus question, on what they do correctly. Right. I mean, if you look at if you look at their numbers, here are Twitter's general numbers. Like they spend nine hundred million on you know just general staff, like people that sell, yeah. people that manage, people that do that. Uh, labor and related expense, uh, that's another three hundred million. And then they spend close to nine hundred million dollars on uh, R and D. So I'm going to assume that um, you know has uh, engineering and maintenance uh, put into that because it's not a very specific budget. Yeah, I would, th- I, w- I would think engineering. I would think that those costs. Would- would, would still I, I don't think that'd be personnel costs I think that would be under the the other thing so I don't know what that is if it's if it's patents if it's you know like labs I mean I don't I don't know how that it, it's just but even still it's incomprehensible to me like yeah, anyone that can look at Twitter can say okay moments I can see that the NFL deal I can see that but they've got to solve the harassment problem if totally. they won't grow again. Everyone, everyone, regardless of political yeah. spectrum, everyone agrees on this. Agreed. And, and, and it's, I, it's mind-boggling why it's not getting done. I, I am experiencing in the last six months a nearly 100% failure rate for reporting things to Twitter. And it's it's really, really concerning because I'm telling you right now, I have a feeling that there's no human that looks at my stuff ever. Mm -hmm. 
because and there it's, has been a point where that got yeah, better briefly. It got right? much better. It got much better, and, and it then is now it's back to zero. Exact same kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. No. And 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 I've heard that from some other people too. And and I do think that. And unfortunately, I mean, the solution of, of more human people, that's just going to cost more money. You should be able to have a way where you can have automated tools and a human team or, or, or a volunteer team or, or something. You know, there, there, there's got to be a solution. I, I, I think you're dead on. I mean, the fact that, that Disney admitted and Salesforce, too, for that matter, that, you know, the the harassment stuff is, is what's keeping people from wanting to buy them. Now, I'm sure the price was good enough. Disney probably would have reconsidered. But when they're taking in aggregate, they're saying, well, we don't see the value at this price when they've got this massive problem, um, even though it's it's this uh, great communications platform. My, my question to you guys, let's assume that they could solve the harassment stuff. Let's just assume that there was some sort of solution. And and I, to be very clear, I don't think they've tried or even adequately approached harassment in a way to really try to solve it. I think that they've been so stuck in their, you know um, – we want to be hands off, but but we you know we we want to be mm-hmm. kind of this middle of the road person who kind of lets things flow flow freely. That they haven't really attacked it in in a concentrated way. But let's just assume that they that they would do that. I still think even if the harassment problem were to go away overnight, like let's say it disappeared for whatever way, it just disappeared. I still don't think that, and I think this is Twitter's fundamental problem. I don't think Twitter is ever going to be a service that has more than about 350 million active users. I just don't. I think that even if the harassment thing went away, even if that reputation of it went away, I think that for people who use it for more than just passively logging in or if they don't log in, you know, looking at accounts, I think people who actively engage and use the service, I think it's hit it. I think it's hit as big as it's ever going to get. I think it's a good social media service the way that I use it and I enjoy using it, but I don't see that being broadly applicable in right. the same way that Facebook is because or everyone even. knows per- people personally that they want to keep in touch with, whether that's family or friends, like the you know from school or college, whatever. Facebook, everyone has a reason to be on it, even if they're not. Twitter, you don't have that that same emotional connection to it, even if you really enjoy using it. And even if you do use it for work, um, I know multiple people in my field who have stopped using it recently um, just because they want to try to get off it because of stress from the election, things like that. And they're finding that they can be off it, that it's fine. Um, It's perhaps not as necessary for work as we might make it out to be. And for me, like that feels ridiculous to say because I can't imagine not being on it. I love to self-promote and things like that. Um, that's not why I use it totally, but I'm thinking like, oh my God, where would I, where would I like drop my links to my new episodes when they go up? But I also just love to like chat with people who message me on it. So that's fun. But um, I think Twitter's strength is that it's really made for media people like us, right? I mean, it gets you plugged into events instantly. And there are so many stories I've pitched and written about directly because of Twitter, because you're right there in the heart of whatever's happening, if it's Ferguson or Mm. the debate going on or SNL or anything. So, uh, but I also think it's so hyper concentrated towards that, that Christina, you're dead on. There's a limit to how much more it can grow from here Mm -hmm. because it is made for people like us, not, Mm -hmm. you know, middle America mom. And then for everyone else, they're not getting their news from Twitter. They're getting it from the Facebook Sidebar yep. newsfeed, which and, and, is great. And, and the process still, I mean, I think the bigger problem, I mean, I think the harassment thing is is obviously what we power users focus on. And it's certainly something that might be off-putting. People might be afraid. But the reality is, is that the, like if my mom were to sign up for Twitter and, and send out the occasional tweet, she's – unless somebody targeted her because she's my mom, she's not going to be harassed. 
You know, I think the bigger problem that, that faces, I think, like the average Joe public person is that it's still really difficult to even get started and the onboarding process is still really bad. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that's not to take away from like the huge harassment problem because that's real and that I think hurts their power users and hurts getting high profile people from using it in important ways and making it, you know, one of those those Instagram or, you know, types of, of tools that, that everybody wants to be on. But I think that, e- that even, again, I think that assuming that was fixed – Regular people, it's still too difficult for them to get, to sign on and kind of understand why they should care. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do have to say, though, I think it, it really strikes me as odd that they announced that they would have longer tweets like built in that would give you a truncated version of it. And then click on it. You'd have like you'd be able to write like a Facebook style post, right. which is something I really want because so definitely, they have built in notes. It would be. I think that would help a lot, and I think their move to uh, recently, um, you know, pictures don't count towards your tweet limit. Right. I think this has helped me a ton. I do think that small usability tweaks like that Agreed. do help with the onboarding process, and it's it's not impossible to imagine them, you know, picking up even a, a friend's paradigm in no. some way. Oh, I, totally. I, I, yeah, like yeah. there are things they could do to to fix it, but I think the central problem is it's like you said. I think there's a stalled user base. But I also think I I'm telling you, Christine, like I, I I can imagine a service and I can do back of the the napkin math about how much it should cost to run something like Twitter. And the costs just don't make any kind of sense. I can understand. And I they've gotta they've gotta figure that out because it's do you remember when um Simone, do you remember when uh Harmonics went out of business here in Boston? Yeah. Uh, they had a VC group that ended up buying them for one dollar. And the reason they were so hesitant to spend any money on harmonics is because their overhead was so high with all these plastic instruments mm-hmm. in store that would just cost them a ton of money just to own the company for paying for the warehouses. And in the same way, like even if Twitter didn't cost you a dime, there's such a high expense rate there that personnel were not going to completely be able to solve that. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably move on to yes. talking about yes, yes. Agenda Minder, which this week's episode of Rocket is brought to you by. I actually got really excited when I was looking at this. So if you work in a company like I do, you go to a lot of meetings, you have to talk to a lot of people, and those meetings can either be really, really good, you decide stuff, stuff gets done, stuff gets assigned, or they could be really, really terrible because nobody knows exactly what they want out of the meeting. And then you just weep softly into your hands and wish that you could run away to a grassy field. Well, Agenda Minder is an app that you can have on your Mac when you're at the meeting to help make meetings more productive and better by letting you plan what you need to talk about in this meeting and what you personally want to accomplish. Uh, so it's got a clean look, very simple controls. I went and I looked at it. I looked at it in the app store um, and it's it looks a lot like a mail client. Like it's super easy to see the memos that you're making for yourself, exactly what you want. You can add meetings and agenda items. Uh, you can capture the objective, the objective of the meeting, grasp it in your hands and make it real. And you can also, of course, have any preparation notes that you might need going into the meeting. I know a lot of times when I have something really important that I want to say in a meeting, even if I'm not, you know, reading from a script, it so helps to just have jotted down like this, these are the bullet points of what you want to say. So this is a way for you to organize all those thoughts that you have as you're going into the meeting to make your your big announcement. It's going to be your week, my friend, my rocket listener. It's mm. your week to make the meeting run smoothly. And you can do it with Agenda Minder. 
It also has easy to use filters so you can see what's coming up today, this week, or if you are so prepared next week. You can be two weeks ahead in your preparations for meetings. You are you're going to be the best. You're going to be the most efficient little worker bee that I could possibly imagine. Actually, this is going to be me because I freaking love notes and taking notes and sorting notes. Agenda Miner is definitely for me. I am the target audience for this. So yeah, just taking a few minutes to prepare your thoughts before a meeting to get what you want out of it will help so much with, you know, getting results and being happy in your workplace because being organized makes people happy. Even if you think you're not an organized person, you can check this out and you can learn, take some stepping stones towards being organized and see how relaxing and wonderful it is. And, you know, confidence. Confidence going into meetings will make you happier too because you'll be so prepared. You'll be like ridiculously prepared. Your boss will be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so prepared? And you'll be like, yo, agenda minder. That's what's up. So, you personally uh, should check out Agenda Minder from Internodal today. You can look at their page at internodal.xyz slash rocket. And you should because I went to the page and there's a nice little note for Rocket listeners. And there's a recommendation for a webcomic <laughs> called Atomic Robo, which looks super cool. And apparently it was at an, uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, I didn't see it there, but it, it looks really cool. And I'm going to check it out. I think it's so nice that like... They're obviously this app is really cool, but they're recommending a comic too. And that makes me really happy. I feel like they get me. They know what I want. And then uh, it's on the Mac app store, of course. So check out Agenda Minder. And thank you so much, Agenda Minder and Internodal for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. We super duper appreciate it. App and the comic rec. Yay. Yeah. Sorry if I spoiled the surprise of like the comic <laughs> so, being Simone, there, tell but I think the truth. Did you make this app in your spare time? Yeah, did because you? Because it really like sounds that. like you did. Yeah. With all the coding skills that I don't have, I, yeah, I just. No, but a previous imagined. sponsor taught you all kinds of coding skills. That's true. That's very true. I, I, I keep them secret. I keep them under wraps because I don't want to scare people with how many skills I have. I have a lot of skills. Uh, doing accents, of course, is not one of them. <laughs> so, teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy came out today. Woo-hoo. Two. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We're back in time. We're going back in time two years. Teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy. What? It's actually called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It was really short. It was like a minute long, but we got yeah. some some glimpses of Gamora and Nebula, of course, which I was super excited about. Yes. I have a pet peeve, but I don't want to like start off with a pet peeve, so somebody else quickly swoop in and say something nice. Chris Pratt's pretty. He is very yeah. pretty. You know what bothered me? <laughs> <laughs> So they set up Drax as like this super literal character in the first movie, right? And even the, in that movie, they they screw it up. But he's supposed to be the character who like does not understand metaphor. That's literally like in his species, they don't have in his language, they don't have metaphor. But then in this teaser, he's you know offering Star Lord some advice, and then he's like, "Do you want a hug?" And Star Lord's like, "No." And then Drax gives him a hug anyway. And like, I hope I. Maybe they're setting this up in the movie so that Drax is, like, trying to learn to intuit, like, nuance. Like, oh, sometimes humans say that they don't want hugs, but they really do want hugs, and he's trying to learn that. But it wasn't set up in the teaser, and I'm like, literally, why would he do... He's the most literal character in the history of literal characters. He wouldn't be like... I bet you actually do want a hug, though. It's just, like, for the goof of, like, having a bulky, shirtless dude hug another dude who doesn't want to be hugged. And I'm like, why... 
Yeah. Anyway, it's not a big deal. I was just like, I guess that's a, f- it's kind of a lazy joke. That's all. That's my rant. I, I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they've got to develop his character more. So that's, that. I read that is probably what his arc is going to be. Like, you know, he's got to go from somewhere and frankly, get your timestamp, right, Simone? You know, he called Gamora a in the last movie. That's what I'm so saying. I That's would, another example would, of what bothered me. Yeah, I would like to see... Because she's not a sex worker. I, I would like to see that developed from there. Um, I think Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Chris Pratt is cute. I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Pratt oh, is cute. Snap. And I don't know why, but I just hate his character so much. <laughs> in the last movie, I just... I don't know. Like, I, I generally like Marvel movies. Guardians of the Galaxy would be way near the bottom really? of my list. That's yeah, so surprising. I, I, love, I love Nebula, though. And the fact that she seemed to be in this, like, I'm hoping they bring her back and she's awesome this time around. Yeah, but, I, um, I, they also released, like, a photo, I think, and, and it, it, looks yeah. like it, it looks like she'll be back um i hope so yeah so i mean that that's good i don't know i i i, I can understand the critique of the, of the movie I, I think that it got overhyped like everybody talked about how great it was i think it was better than we all expected it to be it was kind of like the anti ant-man it was like ant-man like everybody thought it was gonna be great and then it was like meh this was like everybody thought it was gonna be meh and then it was like pretty good and we were like oh my god it's so it's so excellent i don't know i love the music i, I thought the soundtrack mm-hmm. from from guardians of the galaxy was fantastic so I a enjoy the the um, the song they used in the teaser, and B I'm just really looking forward to more like retro music goodness on the soundtrack. Heck yeah, yeah that yeah. that was one of the best soundtracks of whatever the heck year it was that came yeah. out. I actually, I did enjoy <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. Um, still haven't seen Ant Man. That was the the underhyped uh. one for me. I don't think I knew a single person who was looking forward to Ant Man when it was coming out. Well, it wasn't, and then the trailer came out. And everybody was like, "Oh, this looks like this could be good," and Paul Rudd's going to really make a go of it, and it's going to be great. And then it like wasn't. And then what ended up kind of ruining like Ant Man was that um, what should we call it? Uh, um, uh, Deadpool ended up being everything that it promised to be oh, and yeah. 10 times more. Like Deadpool Thank was the you, best Ryan movie. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan yeah. Reynolds, indeed. Yeah. Like he was the true like kind of anti-hero hero. Like, so anyway. Uh, I mean, Paul Rudd, you know, he has a very important part of history, video game history because he was in that Super Nintendo commercial and has not aged a day somehow. And uh, I don't and, understand. Uh, yeah. he's, uh, there's there's a, new, a famous New York Mag article where they basically, it's a quiz and they try to get you to find out like which Paul Rudd is like, which one is from 95 and which one is from like 2015. <laughs> and you swear to God, like w- like you trying to pick like older, younger Paul Rudd. And I've like taken that quiz and I've gotten like half the answers <laughs> wrong. It's it's yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah, oh I'll, my I'll, God. I'll, I'll find it to put in the show notes just because that's a weird tangential, but like it's very funny. Please do. I, I will admit, having watched Lost, and I love Lost. I think it's one of the greatest shows ever. I don't think Evangeline Lilly is a very good actress. I think she's she just doesn't. I I I no, she's I very don't. pretty though. I don't. She's gorgeous, but I I'm so frustrated over her the way they treated her in the Ant Man movie because like literally her father is just telling her she can't do anything. Like she has her mom die to send men on an adventure and Paul Rudd is like this lovable like it's the same character as Star Lord, right? Like he's kind of lovable and incompetent and somehow does everything <laughs> anyway. I just I Guardians of the Galaxy. He's is a hero way. man in other words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a main um, character. I don't know. I just um I thought Guardians at the least I could appreciate how awesome the design work was in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Galaxy and the mm-hmm. soundtrack. And I think the cinematography was awesome. Uh, and, you know, um, I think Gamora was a great character with, um, I thought she was doing a great actress doing what she could with the flawed script. But uh, I don't know. I'm hoping they step it up this time. I'm hoping they step it up. This Paul Rudd quiz is <laughs> right? so hard. <laughs> Is it? Oh my God! Well, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep doing that. But anyway, uh, why don't we talk about what we're up to this week, Christina? What about you? Writing a ton of stuff. Um, I've got oh, a review. Yeah, you are. I uh, got a review coming up um, for uh, the um, Amazon Fire TV stick. Um, <gasps> you listen to this. Um, Forty bucks, oh. not bad. Pretty good. Oh, um, cheapest way you can get Alexa in your home. Uh, I like Heck it. Yeah. Um, just also, you know, some what to expect stuff from the from the Mac event next week. And um, some analyses on uh, this Chinese company, Le Echo, and things they've announced, and some other things, too. So just writing, writing, writing. Oh, my God. Brianna, what about you? Sorry, the oh, my God was directed at Paul Rudd. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because <laughs> it's so hard, right? I, I want to hear more about the Fire TV. That's awesome. Like, send me that link when it comes I out. Will. That sounds awesome. Uh, I have two corporate talks next week. Uh, one of them is at Google. Another one. Are you going to release your speech transcripts, Canada. though? Uh, no, no, I don't want anyone knowing mm. except Google because I have to sign all these forms because they release it on the internet. But um, yeah, no, no one transcribe it. So I'm getting two of those uh, talk trade this week. Uh, I've got a couple pieces and I'm finishing up this stupid election, which I'm just dying Thank to be goodness. over. We're so ah! close this quiz to being is really hard, right? from Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, no, this I, is I hard. was doing really well at first and now I'm just starting to lose my Gosh darn mind. Uh, what am I doing this week? <laughs> uh, so we're actually doing a really cool, uh, on the website, uh, we're doing 13 days of Halloween at polygon.com where every day we're releasing an op-ed about a horror property. Uh, so either movie, game, TV show, etc. That's or comic book. Actually, we have a comic book coming up tomorrow, I believe, that um, was formative for us in some way. Uh, we, we kicked it off today with um, an op-ed about Black Mirror and their episode about video games, which uh, that season, season three of that just started. Uh, I'm also doing video um, companions to some of the op-eds, so I'm kind of scrambling to get those prepared for next week right now because they're going to be like in the six days leading up to Halloween. Uh, I love Halloween. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Doing a murder mystery party this weekend. I'm pumped. Wow, that sounds awesome. It sounds really fun. I'm jealous. Heck yeah. All right. Good. That's the note I want to leave it on. Um, <laughs> where, where can we find you online, Brianna? Space Cat Cal. Uh, well, assuming Twitter still exists by the time you <laughs> oh, hear this. So. It definitely won't. Um, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you can find me in the void. You can find me at Doom Quasar. Uh, what about you, Christina? You can find me at Thumb underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, occasionally. I just took a drink of water. Now I'm choking. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. We super duper appreciate it. Uh, if you liked it, leave a review on iTunes. Um, tag it. Simone is choking on her own inability to drink water <laughs> so that I, I know that you've been listening and keeping up with m- the recent events in my life. I always love that. Um, thank you. Yeah, we actually do really appreciate reviews. We love that. Thank you so much. And it helps other people find the show. If you want other people to listen to the show, strangers that you've never met in your life, make sure that it surfaces on iTunes so that they can find it. And uh, this episode of Rocket is terminated. 12 out of 17. Terminated. Terminated. Terminated.